uh, text from the book of James. And here in the evening service, uh, we're going to be going through the parables. Parables of Jesus that mirror a lot of the truth in the book of James. And so tonight we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, the very end of Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 24 through 29, if you'd like to turn there in your Bibles. It will also be on the screen. But as this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, you may also just want to have your Bibles open to reference parts of the Sermon on the Mount. And so Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This, too, is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so as we go through the parables, this isn't a, a specific parable per se, but this is sort of like a fable, right? This is like a teaching, like a logical, good teaching that you would hear anywhere. Um, sort of like the story of the boy who cried wolf, right? This could be just a good moral story, or it can be something much more. And as we look at this story, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, we realize that it, in fact, is much more. If you are not as familiar with the Sermon on the Mount or haven't read it recently, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 are, are a group of teachings that maybe, no, probably, is the best sermon ever. Jesus lays out for these people who have come to hear him speak this whole range of teaching, things about caring for the poor and the homeless, things about, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, things about turning your cheek to your enemy. Things that were countercultural 2,000 years ago and today still remain very countercultural. In fact, this passage is so powerful. I was once at a, a big conference called Youth Specialties, and this is a conference of thousands of youth workers together in the United States. And they had hired a keynote speaker to come for one of the evening main sessions. And this guy was recently popular, had a big new book out. Everyone was excited for him to speak. Stadium, thousands of pastors. He stood up, read the entirety of Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and then prayed a prayer, said, Lord, give us the strength and courage to live like this. And he walked off stage. That was his whole talk. Now, it was very impactful. It was very memorable. I think at the time, the, the conference organizers were probably very upset that they had paid him to come and he just read scripture. But in the end, it was very powerful, and I still remember it to this day. Because you could read Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, and I think all of Scripture is obviously very important, but as far as how we live life day to day, you could spend your life and never do all of the things in these passages. And yet, here at the end of this passage, Jesus says it comes down to something that's pretty simple. A classic sort of thing. What are you going to do? A clear lesson. Are you going to build your house upon rock that will be everlasting, that will stand, that will withdure, or withdure, endure all storms and wind and rain? Or will you be foolish and do something that could lead to your own destruction? 
We want lasting in this life, right? Not temporary. We've all had temporary. We've all experienced. We've all dabbled with the temporary, and we know that it's not really what we're desiring. You know, and you think just the logics or just the, the practicality of this, you would think that, okay, well, surely a long time ago, people needed to be told not to build their house upon the sand. But nowadays, with modern society, how could this still be applicable? I mean, think of how advanced we are as society, right? Surely no one makes this mistake still, and yet people don't get it. I, I, I say this to show how silly human beings are, uh, especially those of us from the great state of California in the United States. I have some pictures here, Lawrence. Do you have them on the screen? There's a, a, a city just down the road from where I live called Pacifica. And in Pacifica, people are running out of real estate, and so they've decided that it would be wise to build a house overlooking cliffs. And these are the things that happen. 2,000 years ago, Jesus said this not just as good building advice, which, by the way, Jesus knew about. He was a carpenter. But to show how foolish we can be. Keep going. There's a few more. Yeah, there's one. Someone convinced someone that, hey, I have an idea. Now, I know this is a small piece of land, and I know it's prone to mudslides because it rains and there's giant storms all the time in Northern California, but it would be, I think I could figure it out. I think I could figure out how to build a giant apartment complex so everyone could have ocean views. I'm very proud of where I come from, but sometimes not so much. Um, and think about the builder. Think about the people who said, oh, no, we can't build here. It's prone to mudslides into the ocean. No, 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 no. I got it. I know how to do this. I think there's one more on there. Um, yeah. I mean, imagine that. Multi-million dollar house, dream home. They even dug those, you can see those pillars, all the way down. But it's not rock. <laughs> and away it went. You can go back to the text. Thanks, Lawrence. And we still don't get it. We hear, but we still don't do. <laughs> we need to listen, <laughs> then act. In this parable, Jesus is saying, this story, this, this analogy he's using with building is, is to say, hey, listen, do the things I do, and it will be like building your house upon the rock. And yet as human beings, get, get rid of the spiritual stuff. Just think about how bad we are at listening and doing, right? Hey, we're out of milk. Can you get the milk? Sure. You get home. Did you get the milk? No, I forgot. Hey, um, I thought I told you to clean your room. Oh, sorry, I forgot. I mean, we are so bad at just listening and doing. Why are we so bad at this? Could be lots of reasons, right? I mean, practically, maybe we need to learn to write things down. Maybe we should just write down the commands of Jesus every day like a grocery list, you know? Maybe we need to be more disciplined, right? Maybe, maybe there's some sort of discipline aspect. Maybe we just need to care more, right? Oftentimes, we forget the things that we don't care about. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you're really good at listening and doing. And if that's the case, great. Share with me your tips. Um, I'm very bad at listening and doing. But the real meaning here and the real question we need to ask ourselves is, of course, how are we doing when it comes to listening and doing Jesus and his teachings? H how are we doing as a church? How are you doing at reading scripture, at, at praying things, at hearing truth from brothers and sisters in Christ and living those things out? I think about this, and of course we all think of something. One area we're not doing well, one area we could do more in, one area we could certainly be better 
at whatever better means. But I, I want you to think about the building analogy again. We want something that is lasting. We want something that will last. We don't just want to read Scripture for a season and set a goal for a week. We want to read Scripture and rely on Scripture for life. We don't just want to love our neighbor today. We want to love our neighbor each and every day. We don't just want to be generous and humble today. We want to do it forever. And the only way we can do that, I'm just going to just kind of jump right to the main point here, is Jesus Jesus says that if we do these things, it will be like we built our house upon the rock, but if we don't, it will be like we built our house upon the sand. Jesus is the source of everything you need. Jesus is the source of all truth and lasting truth in your life. And if we stray from him, if we stray from his teachings, if we stray from the teachings of Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we will end up wondering, why is our house in the ocean? You know, I was thinking about this and thinking of a, this is how I thought about it. And I know everyone will, will understand this and the frustration that comes with it. Ikea furniture, okay? Building Ikea furniture. Now, first of all, they have that weird little cartoon that tells you how to do it. Uh, and then second of all, they don't use any words because otherwise it'd be just a ton of languages. So it's all just pictures. And at first, we set out the parts and the pieces and we start slowly. Okay, step one, I got it. Step two, I got it. Oh, Three and four, mirror, one and two. Okay, I can do those really quickly. And then we do four, and then we do five. And then, and then, you know, six and seven, mirror, four and five. Okay, I'm getting it. I'm rolling. And you start going, and then all of a sudden, step 11 comes out of nowhere. We skipped it, and then now we're lost. What happened? I've done this so many times. And the horrible thing is as soon as you start taking apart IKEA furniture, it gets weaker and weaker every time you take it apart. This is exactly... I don't know about you, this is exactly what I do with Jesus. I start and I pay attention. And I sit down and I lay out my plan. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. And things start going well and I think, yeah, I'm building momentum. I'm figuring it out. I'm, I'm a good Christian. I'm a good Christian. And then I think, okay, well, I can skip that because I've been doing it every day. Well, that's not so important because I already have that part figured out. And then before I know it, I wonder what happened. Maybe you do this too. Maybe you're, you're reading your Bible every day. You're getting involved. You're volunteering at church, which, by the way, thank you. Maybe you're doing all of these things. You're helping. You're getting involved. People are looking at you and seeing spiritual growth. Yes, yes, yes. And then one day you look and you think, what happened? Sin has snuck its way in somehow, and, and your relationships are struggling. You find yourself being more angry, more short-tempered. You find yourself struggling to read Scripture, struggling to pray. Some secret sin has crept back into our life. Where did that come from? I thought I beat that. Has that ever happened to you too? You think, what happened? I was going. I was going down the line. I was figuring it out. I was doing so good. Church, when we forget the commands of Jesus when we think we know the commands of Jesus, when we forget to rely on Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit he gave us, and instead we rely on our own strength and our own ability, we think we have built our house upon the rock, but unless we go to these things each and every single day to trust in Jesus Christ, it'll be like we built our house upon the sand. 
Because people, I love the analogy for sand, like people. People are like sand. We blow all over the place. We change our minds. We go here and we go there. We're shifting all the time. We can't make up our minds. But what does the Bible, what does Scripture say about God? That God is a rock. That God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, their teachings and their ways are a rock that which we can build our lives. Psalm 78, 35, they remembered their God was their rock. Psalm 42, I will say to God my rock. The prophet Habakkuk in chapter 1, Are you not everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? Will, excuse me, we will not die, O Lord, for you have appointed them judge. You, our rock, have established them to correct us. 2 Samuel chapter 22, For who is God besides the Lord? Who is a rock besides our God? Psalm 92, 15, To declare that the Lord is upright, He is my rock. Deuteronomy 32, the rock, his work is perfect, for his ways are just. And on and on and on, Scripture goes to tell us that God is our rock, and that without God and the Son, Jesus Christ, and his teachings, we are on unsolid ground. We are on sand, and we are in danger of being washed away. Jesus gives these commands to his people to his followers in the book of Matthew, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And then when he died, we know that he left us this table and he left us the Holy Spirit that would guide us each and every day so that we wouldn't have to go through this without him. Jesus says, I gave you all these. I gave you all these teachings. And then I gave you the Holy Spirit. And then I gave you one another, you here sitting in these chairs next to each other. Why in the world, church, do we think we can do this alone? (laughs) Why do we think that, oh, no, I got it. Oh, I sinned again. I'm starting to enter into this old pattern. I'm starting to doing this old thing. You know what? I'll be okay. I can do this. We think in our sin that we will figure out how to build our life upon the sand when no one else can. (laughs) It's like, no, I'll be the one to figure it out, right? Like the builder who convinced him to build that apartment complex. No, no, I'll be the one to figure it out. And we lie and we tell ourselves that. No, 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 you know what? I'll be the one who does this. Never mind that everyone before me has always needed help, has always needed Jesus, has always needed the truth of the Holy Spirit. I'll be the one who breaks this. I'll be the one who can do it. Sin lies to us and tells us that we don't need God. Let me tell you, church, You certainly cannot figure out Ikea furniture on your own, okay? And you absolutely cannot become a mature believer in Jesus Christ on your own. You absolutely cannot. We need help. Every single one of you in this room knows what it's like to feel like you're doing it alone and fail. And the guilt that comes with that failure is not what God intended for us. God intended for us victory and to have victory together. I mean, just look at the commands. Look at the various commands of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? I'm just going to list them off for you. You can go back and look at them. These are from, and these are the actual command forms that Jesus used as far as the text we know that's written down, command forms in Greek. He says, do not make oaths or swear. He says, we must, not it's a good idea, we must turn the other cheek if someone hits us. He says, if anyone asks anything of you, you need to 
give it to them. He says, and this one I think is really, really important today. He says, love your enemies. You must love your enemies. That's a command. And pray for those who persecute you. Now, I want to just mention this really quickly because this is on my heart. This means that when people disagree with us politically, ideology, whatever, we cannot make them enemies. This means, church, that a Christian does not wage war against someone who believes something differently than them. This means you cannot build a bunker for what you think is absolute truth and say, anyone against me is my enemy. Because Jesus said as a command in Matthew that we need to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Which means that we need to love our enemies. Even if someone else says they're your enemy, you say, that's fine. I love you. We can, we can agree that ISIS or ISIL is, has said to the Western world, you are our enemy, and we say to them, I love you, because Jesus loves you. He also says, by the way, commands that we should be spiritually mature. That we should seek first his kingdom, not our own comfort, not our own safety, not our own financial security, his kingdom and his righteousness. Church, how can you do any of these things without the help of Jesus? I mean, if you believe this Jesus was who he said he was and you desire to build your house upon the rock, we need help, both from one another and the Holy Spirit. Martin Luther, the great reformer, even said that the things from the Sermon on the Mount are not counsels, but they're precepts. They're not exhortations addressed to those who aspire perfection. It's not like a list say, okay, if you want to get better as a Christian, do these things. He's not saying that. Martin Luther said that the things in the Sermon on the Mount are commands that are binding to all Christians. We don't have a choice, right? And so Jesus tells them, after all of these commands, after this great sermon, he tells these followers, what will you do? Will you be wise or you'll be foolish? Will you actually do these things and so build your house upon the rock that will be lasting forever? Or will you be like the fool who thinks they're the one who can figure out to build their house upon the sand, who thinks they're the one who are going to be the first one to figure out how to make their house last on the sand? Church, building your house upon the rock is not easy. Wisdom is not easy but it is lasting. It is enduring. And it just so happens it's a command of our God that you and I, as it says in, in the scriptures, would not be tossed about, but we would be standing firm on the rock, our God. And we both know that this means not just doing it once, not just starting something in motion and hoping it works out, because if we just do that, we're going to get off course, we're going to get distracted. But doing these things each and every single day. Because when we begin to think, I have it figured out, when you and I begin to think, oh, I have it handled. No, I'm good at praying. Trust me, I'm really good at praying. All of a sudden we think, I haven't prayed in days, weeks. I read my Bible every single day, and then a season comes where we haven't read our Bible in forever. Oh, I love working with the homeless. I give and I give and I give. And then before we know it, what happened? We end up getting washed away. The wind and the waves come. Something happens and what we thought was solid is gone. 
Jesus gave his followers a lot of commands. Jesus said that this is the way to live, this is the way to do, this is the way to love, this is the way to pray, this is the way to fast. And tonight we get to follow a very, very special command. Tonight we get to follow a very special command that Jesus had for, for you and for I, his disciples. For those who say, Jesus, you are my Lord. I believe you are the Son of God. He says, great, then I'm going to give you this thing to remember my sacrifice. That you would remember that I am all you need but not one time each and every single day that we would have our house built upon the rock. And so we'll come to this table tonight together that we would remember these things, that we would remember that without Christ we will be washed away. But yet, as, as Andy said this morning, the great thing about Christ is he, he asks for these things that seem so difficult, and yet he says, I give you all you need to do it. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. God, thank you. God, we thank you that we can build our house upon the rock. That you have even allowed us access to God, to yourself, through your son, Jesus Christ, we give you thanks. And so we come now to the table to remember. And as we come to the table, God, let us do it with bold confidence. That we would remember because Christ has done it, we are righteous in your eyes. God, thank you for giving us access. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for showing us how to build our house upon the rock, that which is lasting. Lord, you are good, and this table is proof. For it we give thanks. Amen.